From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Congratulations, you've done it. You've tuned WIA and the National News Service this edition for week commencing September 4, 2016. And in WIA Board Talk today, we'll be hearing from Roger Harrison and also from Phil Waite. WIA Special Purpose Grants. Geelong Amateur Radio Club have received a special purpose grant of $770 from the Wireless Institute of Australia, this to fund Stage 2 of a mast at the Queenscliff Maritime Museum. The installation will be used for club activities and as an additional public and educational attraction for the museum. The grant scheme provides funding assistance to worthwhile projects of benefit to the amateur radio community and consistent with the aims and objectives of the WIA Constitution. Project proposals are vetted by an independent assessment committee who then make recommendations to the WIA board. A presentation to Geelong is being planned and the 2017 round of WIA special purpose grants will be announced shortly. Now, WIA President Phil Waite, VK2ASD. The hike in postage rates by Australia Post late last year has resulted in many organisations reviewing how they communicate with their customers and members. Banks and many other service providers are now encouraging their customers to receive notifications and accounts electronically. The ACMA and all of government prefer to use electronic methods including website logins, SMS messages and email. The WIA is no different and, as flagged at our annual general meeting on Norfolk Island, we have recently conducted a review of our postage expenditure. Of course, some things must, for the time being at least, be sent through the post. However, the WIA is taking steps to reduce postage wherever possible. The WIA exam service, for instance, has been using the now very expensive yellow express post satchels to send out exam packs. This is changing to the red ordinary post satchels which are a little slower delivery but still have a tracking number. This will have a minimal impact on assessors as the majority hold sufficient exam packs and are ordering them well in advance of the assessment dates. The WIA is also introducing a paper magazine opt-out system for members who only wish to receive the digital copy of AR magazine, not the paper copy in the post. That will further ease the pressure on postage costs. Members who don't want to receive the paper copy of AR Magazine in the post should log into Memnet and select Update Details, marking the checkbox Do Not Send Hard Copy AR Magazine. Or, alternatively, they can use the Contact the WIA form on the WIA website and the office will make that change for you. The URL and some added information will be provided in the text edition of this broadcast. Remember, this is an opt-out system for the paper copy of AR Magazine only. Those members who still love their paper copy of AR Magazine delivered every month in the post will not be affected and do not have to do anything more. This is Phil Waite, VK2ASD for the WIA. Thanks, Phil. The WIA board at its August meeting received a report outlining a proposed Science, Technology, Engineering, Arts and Mathematics or STEAM symposium to be held in Canberra in November. This WIA initiative is not aimed at the recruitment of young people into amateur radio, but to tap into the resources of those few radio amateurs who are interested or already have involvement in youth education. 
It's hoped that by sharing ideas, the WIA can develop some workable ideas for amateur radio involved in the STEAM program in schools. This is Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, from the WIA Spectrum Strategy Committee, with further words on the WIA's licence conditions submission to the ACMA. You may recall that last week I spoke about allocation of the 60 metre band being priority one in the submission. As advised, the ACMA updates the Australian Radio Frequency Spectrum Plan following every World Radio Communication Conference. You will recall that the latest WRC concluded in November last year. Hence, the ACMA is preparing to update the Spectrum Plan incorporating outcomes from the WRC that are relevant to Australia. One of those outcomes, you guessed it, is the allocation of that 15 kilohertz slice at 5.3 megahertz for the amateur service. In the WIA's licence conditions submission to the ACMA, it was proposed that access to this band could be provided under Article 4.4 of the radio regulations of the International Telecommunications Union, the ITU. This provides that operations do not cause harmful interference to the radio services or communications of other ITU members that operate in accordance with the provisions of the regulations, and that the possibility of harmful interference from such services and communications is accepted. In other words, amateurs would have to avoid interfering with existing licensed users, allocated frequencies on a band, while accepting possible interference from operations of the existing users. We already have an example of this. In the current Australian Radio Frequency Spectrum Plan, the top 200 kilohertz of the 40 metre amateur band from 7100 to 7300 kilohertz is allocated for amateur use under the ITU's Article 4.4 regulation. Exactly whether this would be possible in the case of the 60 metre band at 5.3 megs remains to be seen from the ACMA's consultation process for updating the Australian Radio Frequency Spectrum Plan through which all stakeholders will get to have a say, and that includes users of the band in neighbouring countries. We live in interesting times. Some listeners will, no doubt, recall that the WIA's recent submission to the ACMA, seeking access to a small band at 70 megs, also suggests providing initial access to the band from 70 to 70.5 megs under the ITU's Article 4.4 regulation. We all look forward to the forthcoming ACMA consultation process for updating the Australian Radio Frequency Spectrum Plan. Well, that's it for this week. Next time, I'll highlight other frequency bands where the WIA is seeking access for amateurs. At 1.8 megs to extend the 160 metre band, 3.5 megs to extend the 80 metre band, and a new band at 900 megahertz, for example. This has been Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, for VK1WIA News. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. We go around VK in 80 seconds. In VK2, Sarkfest, their ham fest, was held at the Lismore Club Rooms last week and John VK2JWA, who edits their club's weekly newsletter, said, and I quote... We enjoyed a perfect, fine, comfortable day attended by a guesstimated 80 members, families and friends from near and far. And speaking of amateur radio ham fest and field days, it's on again. Central Coast Amateur Radio Club celebrates its 60th anniversary in 2017. Join us at the Wyong Field Day, 26th of February 2017 
at Wyong Racecourse. New opening times. General public at 8.30am with a special entry fee of just $10 per head. That's right, gates open at 8.30, entry fee $10 per head. Don't forget to put it in your diary and we'll see you at Wyong in 2017. This is Dave, VK2DLS from the Central Coast Amateur Radio Club. Melbourne and QRP by the Bay. It's the twice-yearly gathering of homebrewers and QRPers at Melbourne's Chelsea Beach, where you are invited to bring along a project antenna or portable station. Saturday, November 5, 3pm till 6, and then a stop at a local restaurant after. Where is Melbourne QRP by the Bay held? In Victory Park, Chelsea. Further info, you can contact Peter VK3YE or go to the Melbourne QRP by the Bay event on Facebook. A proposed 60-level tower in Melbourne South Bank will have its glass exterior wrapped in solar cells and, combined with batteries, give its residents off-the-grid power. This will be Australia's first skyscraper with solar cells in its curved structure to capture the sun's movement from east to west throughout the day. And in deference to our VK3 pals, we won't make mention that they really will need sunshine to make this one work. Hello everyone, this is Clive, VK6 Charlie Sierra Whiskey, with the usual reminder that tomorrow, Monday, September the 5th, the Radio Amateurs Old Timers Club of Australia's monthly bulletin goes to air. This month, as well as all the usual REOTC news, we have part two of the story of the development of the Overland Telegraph in Australia, and also Ian, VK3JS, has a yarn about the knotty problems associated with knitted circuit boards. A bit woolly on this, perhaps? Then tune in tomorrow and learn about this new development. The principal HF transmission will be on 20 metres on 14.150 MHz upper sideband starting at 0100 UTC, beamed north from Melbourne for the eastern states. An hour later at 0200 UTC there will be a 40 metre transmission from Perth on 7088 kHz lower sideband with a simultaneous transmission via all linked NewsWest repeaters. As well, numerous local relays will take place. Details for your local area transmissions can be found at the RAOTC website www.raotc.org.au Again, that's www.raotc.org.au And remember that as from Tuesday, you can download the audio file from this website. Everyone, REOTC members and non-members alike, is invited to tune in tomorrow to this interesting half-hour program and to join in the callbacks afterwards. And we hope to hear your call sign amongst them. 7-3 from Clive, VK6CSW. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In VK6, this can be heard on HF and the linked VHF, UHF and IRLP repeater networks on Sunday morning and evening and any time on the information beacon, as well as online. Check out the details at vk6.net. I'm Andrew, Victor Kilo 6, Alpha Sierra. Foundations of Amateur Radio If you're new to Amateur Radio like I am, it's easy to turn on your radio, set it up to key your local repeater and call CQ. After the first time, it's a trivial matter that you might take for granted. 
The repeater just sits there on frequency, making communication possible between you and the rest of the amateur community. In many ways, it's like turning on your mobile phone and dialing a number and talking to someone. When people ask me what the difference is between amateur radio and community radio, I often jest that in community radio, you come into the studio, sit behind the microphone, press the red button and talk. Amateur radio is exactly the same, but you also need to bring the red button. Repeaters are like that. Unless you've been personally involved, it's just a case of pressing the button. Of course, that's not actually what happens. Often a group gets together, spitballing ideas, coming up with a plan, finding money, equipment, support and the like. Then there is the logistics of obtaining a mast or using an existing one, finding bricks, concrete, roofing, batteries, solar panels, radios, antennas, cavities, coax connectors, a license, perhaps an internet connection, getting all this to site, having helpers and resources to build the repeater hut, cranes, bobcats, concrete mixers, terminating the coax, erecting the mast, installing guy wires, running coax up the mast, attaching antennas, tuning the thing, testing it, programming the controller, programming the radio, etc., etc., the list just gets longer and longer the more you think about. And this is done by people like you. People who gave of their free time, who saw a need, and using their collective skills and effort, made it possible for you to key up your local repeater. Of course, then there is the linking of repeaters. Internet connectivity, news relays, timeouts, DTMF controllers, lightning strikes, insect infestations, thieves and vandals. It never ends. So, when you next key up your repeater, think about that. And when there's a busy bee in your local area, consider sharing some of your resources. I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot Lima Alpha Bravo. International news with thanks to IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART and the worldwide sources of the WIA. Hi, I'm John, VK2JPM. And how could we not start international news this week without looking at HD164595? What's that? Well, reports coming in from around the planet, including this report attributed to CNN, say that astronomers engaged in the search for extraterrestrial intelligence, or SETI, are training their instruments on a star around 94 light-years from Earth after a very strong signal was detected by a Russian telescope. An international team of researchers is now examining the radio signal and its star, HD 164595, described in a paper by Italian astronomer Claudio Maccone and others as a strong candidate for SETI, and they're doing that in the hopes of determining the origin of the signals. Astronomer Douglas Vakoch, president of METI International, which searches for life beyond Earth, said the signal is intriguing because it comes from the vicinity of a sun-like star and, if it's artificial, its strength is great enough that it was clearly made by a civilization with capabilities beyond those of humankind. For further research, grab a copy of the video contact and watch it tonight. Maybe we found the real one. Wi-Fi is getting even cleverer. How would you like a future where smart connected devices may sense who's in a room at home and what they need? A research team at California's Northwestern Polytechnic University is developing a tracking system that can recognize a person by the way they interact with Wi-Fi signals. Called FreeSense, 
The technology could automatically turn lights on and off in a home, adjust heating preferences and control multimedia. FreeSense identifies individuals in a room based on their body shape and motion patterns. We're not sure what happens if a person arrives home a little worse for wear after a night at the local club. Motion pattern? What pattern? Does the rising price of components create reactants in your household? The US Department of Justice announced last week that three companies have agreed to plead guilty for their roles in a conspiracy to fix prices for electrolytic capacitors sold to customers in the US and elsewhere. The Antitrust Division has now charged five companies and one individual for their participation in this international price-fixing conspiracy, Deputy Assistant Attorney General Brent Snyder of the Justice Department's Antitrust Division said in an August 23rd Justice Department news release. The electrolytic capacitors conspiracy affected millions of American consumers who use electronic devices containing capacitors every day. We love the concept that a government department might charge anything, especially an electrolytic capacitor. Latvia gets 60 and 630 metres. Latvian amateurs have access to two WRC-15 bands following the introduction of their new amateur radio licence on the 9th of August. Access has been allowed to the new WRC-15 60 metre or 5 megahertz band with allocation from 5351.5 to 5366.5 kilohertz at a power of 15 watts EIRP. 472 to 479 kilohertz in the 630 metre band has also become available with a power of 1 watt EIRP. And here's a story about a gifted shack. Gerald Youngblood, K5SDR, and Matt Youngblood, KD5FGE of Flex Radio, visited the National Radio Centre at Bletchley Park in the UK recently. They delivered a generous donation to the GB3RS station, a Flex Radio Flex 6500, and a Flex Maestro. The Flex Radio Group were met by RSGB President Nick Henwood, G3RWF, and RSGB General Manager Steve Thomas, M1ACB, as well as several of the National Radio Centre's regular volunteers. And that's all from the International News Team this week. 73's I'm John, VK2JPM. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA Amateur Radio News Service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Well, after our little mention last week of not always receiving audio and dates from, in the main, our WIA contest, this week, thanks to Peter and Bruce, our 2017 dance card has 90% of our major contest dates, along with a bevy of QSA parties taking place throughout the remainder of the year. So, pencils at the ready. Here we go. September 23-25 D-Star, Digital Amateur Radio, QSA Party. September 23-24 ATV, DATV, QSA Party. October the 8th is the Radio Amateur's Old Timers, QSA Party. October the first full two weekends is the WIA's Oceania Dex Contest. Phone October 1 and 2, CWA the 9th of October. November 26-27, WIA VHF UHF Spring Field Day. Moving to next year, 2017. 
WA's flagship contest, the Remembrance Day Contest, 12th and 13th of August. Special event ON44WAR. Members of the Radio Club Binesha ON7RY will activate the special event station ON44WAR on September 3rd and 4th. Activity is to commemorate the sacrifice of the Belgian resistance in World War II and especially those of the refuge B40 in Wadris in Belgium. Federal Republic of Germany, DA. Special event station DR777RI is QRV until the end of 2016 to mark the 777th anniversary of the town of Rintelen. QSL via DL8OBQ. I'll finish up operational news with a look at the VIBLT exercise on air now. This is the special call which has been making plenty of QSOs to commemorate the Battle of Long Tan anniversary. Three stations are commemorating the Battle of Long Tan on August 18, 1966 during the Vietnam War, in which 108 Anzacs were greatly outnumbered, with heavy losses on both sides, and eventually won against a large enemy force. In the west it is VI-6 BLT-50. Queensland has VI-4 BLT-50. Canberra's VI-1 BLT-50, as the 50th anniversary of the battle continues. Leading the VI-6 BLT-50 team of three is Mal VK-6LC, who served in the Royal Australian Signals in Vietnam, whose antenna ray usually puts Zone 29 on air chasing DX and during contests. Mal VK-6LC says a prize QSO in Ritty was with Bruce 3W3B, a veteran himself in the 173rd Airborne Brigade, on one of his frequent visits to Da Nang in Vietnam. VI-6 BLT-50 operates on SSP CW in Ritty, with about 1,500 contacts already being made, the website qiz.com having nearly 4,100 hits. The VI-4 BLT-50 operation in Queensland is led by Dale VK-4DMC, who was mainly in the 1st Australian Field Hospital as an operating theatre technician and intensive care medic. From up here in far north Queensland, VI-4 BLT-50 has worked all VK and ZL call areas, as well as recent QSOs into Japan, Canada, North America and Russia. VI-1 BLT-50 has logged almost 1,000 contacts. TX VK-1TX reports that most activity has been on 20 metres and 40 metres. Jim Linton VK-3PC says the WIA has licences available for other states which are most welcome to join the 30-day commemoration. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Inningham. Each week across Australia and the world, the WIA News Service is heard by hams everywhere. In VK5, you can hear the WIA broadcast on Sunday morning at 9am Central Standard Time on 10 metres on 28515 Upper Sideband. I'm Jeff, VK5HEL. Media Watch and VK Amateurs have had a range of new locally written books to read over winter. First cab off the rank was Doc VK5BUG, who wrote MF Down Under for low-frequency enthusiasts. Then there was the Radio Theory Handbook by Ron Bertram, VK2DQ. This large and already popular book takes you from beginner to advanced. The most recent is Hand-Carried QRP Antennas by Peter Parker, VK3YE. This is an e-book about simple-to-build antennas for portable and pedestrian mobile HF operation. Try a Google search or read this week's text edition for more. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's worldwide special interest group news. 
Worldwide Special Interest Group's ATV, where every pixel tells the story. Worldwide ATV QSO Party. The sixth annual event on September the 23rd and 24th starts with an Around VK Friday Night, AEST, to be followed with contacts in the USA and United Kingdom. Peter Cossens, VK3BFG, who is the prime organiser, invites everyone involved in amateur television to be involved. Last year there was participation from Australasia, Europe, Asia and North and South America, with a 655 viewers making it a truly global event. David, VK5DMC, will also anchor the event from Port Pirie, South Australia, repeater, VK5RMC, and hopefully others will take charge in Tasmania, New South Wales and Queensland. Out Townsley, WA8RMC, one of the DATV Express designers, will anchor from Columbus, Ohio, while Don Hill, KE6BXT, anchors from Mission Vasia in California. Peter VK3BFG says that there will be a break for some contacts via the repeater GB3HV and other countries are welcome to join. The annual event began with the 2011 Centenary of Amateur Radio Victoria. It is a combination of televised segments on repeaters either by direct contact or via Skype. And those wishing to Skype can now send us a request to DATVQSO Party or make inquiries to vk3bfg at amateurradio.com.au. Most pre-recorded a brief segment to show activity to contribute to the event, which is then televised in many countries. More details of the Digital Amateur Radio QSO Party will be sent closer to the event. Again, it happens on September the 23rd and 24th. International EME Conference Presentation Videos Videos of the presentations given at the 17th International EME Conference held in Venice on August the 19th the 21st, 2016 are now available. They include talks by Sam, G4DDK, Dave, G4HUP, Charlie, G3WDG, Alex, ZS6EME and Joe Taylor, K1JT. Watch the videos on YouTube channel of Guillo Pico, IW3HVB, or in the text edition of this week's WIA News Broadcast. Worldwide Special Interest Groups Ballooning The latest Australian Pico balloon from Melbourne lifted off early Saturday, August 27th to around Coffs Harbour on the New South Wales coast before New Zealand and then headed for South America. Andy VK3YT launched the party-type helium balloon PS68 as the latest in his series, inviting it to be tracked by enthusiastic followers. The balloon has a solar-powered 10 milliwatt transmitter on 2 metres, automatic packet reporting system and Olivia Reed Solomon Identification, or RSID, on 70 centimetres. It sends data on the location, speed, direction, altitude, temperature and battery condition. Regular trackers in VK3, VK2, VK1 and ZL have so far been reporting on it. Tony VK2QW followed the balloon up the Australian coast and then off to New Zealand where it was picked up by Bob ZL1RS, an avid tracker of the high-altitude balloons. Bob noted that it dipped around 6,000 metres in altitude whilst off New Zealand on Monday, presumably during adverse weather, but then regained height as it turned to float in a southerly direction. 
That path was then observed by a few who decoded the data as it tracked between the north and south island of New Zealand and then abruptly turning north, coming over land to Herbertville. Then it turned back on its path and headed over the South Pacific Tuesday, albeit now out of range, it's believed to be still floating towards South America. Worldwide special interest groups for emails and radio, International Whale Convention. This year's International Whale Convention takes place between the 3rd and the 10th of October at the Novotel Hotel Milton Keynes MK13 7RA. Ladies from USA, Canada, France, Germany, Denmark, Sweden, India are already booked, some with their partners, and a full program of events will take place. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, IOTA. IOTA, the 3rd to the 6th of September 2016. A team led by Dave, EI9FBB, have activated Europe's second most wanted IOTA from the 3rd to the 6th of September. The team will be QRV on Lunga Island, EU108, from 80 metres through 6 metres and will have four stations on CW and SSB. Signing MS0UKI. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Radio Scouting, JOTA, is on next month. The 59th Jamboree of the Air is on the third weekend of October. This, the theme for this year is Discover Our World, putting scouts and girl guides calling CQ Jamboree on the air on October the 14th, 15th and 16th. It's the world's largest scouting event with over 1 million taking part in about 150 countries. Sam VK6KSA is the National Jota Coordinator. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Lowdown Propagation Tests on the Lower Frequencies The fists down under will activate 630 metres or 472.5 kilohertz and 160 metres on 1808 kilohertz QRP with manual CW. A member, Doc, VK5BUG, is putting the club call sign VK2FDU stroke 5 on air at grey line times of sunset and sunrise which give enhanced propagation. This will continue until September the 10th and those who are only receive the VK2FDU slash 5 call sign may email to d.wd at bigpond.com. The fist down on the club is for Morse code enthusiasts and welcomes membership. Well, that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. Time to leave this band of merry hams and on the social scene, September 10 in VK4, Sunfest, 9am, Mumbai School of Arts. September 11 in VK3, Shepparton Hamfest at St Augustine's Hall, 10am. September 18, VK2, Westlake's Amateur Radio Club's Field Day at Taralba. September 23 to 25 in VK4, Central Highlands Amateur Radio Club's AGM weekend. That's at Lake Maraboon Holiday Village near Emerald. September 30 to October 3, again in VK4, the Cardwell Gathering over the long weekend at the Beachcomber Resort. Now till next we meet, I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA Amateur Radio News Service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.